Thanks for joining us this week to listen in on my conversation with Dr. Candace Stanek, naturopathic doctor, who changed her career from the work that she was doing in the oil and gas industry to follow her passion for healing others. After studying naturopathic medicine and taking advantage of that diverse toolkit to support her patients, she joins us here today to talk about homeopathic remedies, ways that you can support your body into coming back into balance and supporting your resilience and other tips for your whole health. She and I share a passion for the ways in which the body wants to live in balance, wants to enjoy vitality. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation today. Thanks for joining us. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. Let me ask you a question. How do you answer when stress calls? It comes in on lots of different channels these days, sometimes as white noise and sometimes with bells and whistles blaring. You may try to power through, working harder and pushing yourself to the limit in the hopes that doing all you can will be enough to get you through. Stress can feel heavy, ominous and maybe hiding inside of any new email or notification on your computer. What if, instead, you see stress as an opportunity to rise and thrive? What if stress not only strengthens you, but fuels your success? It's not a dream, and it's not a secret that's exclusive to the power players. If you shift your perspective you can empower yourself to enjoy a radical shift in how you show up to stress and how stress shows up in your life. Want to learn more? I have a special report for you that shares some tools you can easily incorporate to start putting stress to work for you. It's available for free at happifiedlife.com. Click on the gift button to pick up your report today. Welcome back. I am so happy to have you with us this week as I am joined with Dr. Candace Stanek, naturopathic doctor, medical intuitive, lifestyle coach, and spiritual guide who focuses on practicing integrative medicine. She believes that it's our right to feel joyous and happy, to thrive in every area of our lives. Her interest in spirituality and energy medicine developed while she was working as an internal auditor in the oil and gas industry. Now she combines her knowledge of neuroscience, medicine, and spirituality to help her patients get out of their own way so they can live their best lives. Dr. Candace, thank you for joining me today. Yes, thank you. Thank you, Sue. This is great to be here. <laughs> 
And as someone who also has gone through some seasons of reinvention, <laughs> and uh, my last um, change in direction and focus was also following my study in Reiki and homeopathy. So I find it really interesting that you started tuning in first to these more energetic modalities, and then you felt called to really dig deeper into what that could look like. So I'd love to hear about what maybe inspired that transition or what you were seeking as you changed your focus into natural medicine? Yeah, that's a great question, Susie. Um, and it's such an interesting story because I wasn't, I don't know, there's like little points in my life. So I remember in kindergarten, um, of course, kids are playing and we had a stethoscope and I was like, they were like, okay, you can be the patient. It's like, no, I'm being the doctor. And it's funny because I didn't really think anything of it. I went through the rest of school and I liked the sciences and, and then I went and did my first degree in, in business. And then I was um, coming up for review in business and um, my boss said to me, either you get a finance or accounting designation or you're not getting promoted. And I was like, oh, <laughs> well, that's not going to work very well with my personality, but okay. And his next question was, well, what do you spend your time doing? And I said, well, researching health. And he's like, that doesn't fit with business. And I'm like, oh, well, that's obvious. But I didn't make the connection until he had said it out loud. Um, so it's kind of an interesting transition. I spent a lot of time, um, I don't even know, probably months searching all kinds of degrees. And it was interesting because just before that period, I had met a naturopathic doctor and I thought, oh, this is cool. I might like to do this. And, and she actually dissuaded me. She's like, oh, no, you don't want to go back to school. It's way too much work. So I had sort of heard about it. And I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe I don't want to go back to school. But in that research that I was doing, I read the principles. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm living my life like this. Like, this just seemed like a perfect fit. Um, and, and part of it, I was like, well, I wasn't planning on doing a career change. So let's make sure this is going to last a while because it was pretty early in my business career. And I had a friend of mine um, check with my astrology to see that medicine would work with my chart. And it did, thankfully, um, it worked very well. So that's how I kind of ended up in the um, medicine area. And um, simultaneously, as I was doing that, I was also starting to take um, energy medicine courses and chakra courses and meditation courses. So it all kind of um, started to roll together at the front end and has continued to grow. I love that. And yeah. um, we in this, you know, who, who practice energetic modalities, you know, you'll hear us say a lot, it's all connected and it really is. And, you know, those are those light bulb moments, those ahas, when you start to see the interconnection, right? So I love that circumstances just kind of kept pointing you in a new direction. <laughs> yes. And I recently interviewed on, on my podcast, someone who helps people tune into their passion, their purpose. And she feels, she believes very much that we know it as children. Life just mm -hmm. kind of gets in the way sometimes and points us in other directions that might make more sense or be more quote unquote suitable. And so I love that there was that inkling even as a child. And then you went about, you know, your responsible career choice. You're in Canada. So there's a great calling to be involved in the in the oil industry. There's a lot of need there. So it 
pencils out, as my husband <laughs> likes to say, it pencils yes. out, but that doesn't mean it's going to be the fulfilling choice. So exactly. I love that you made that choice to fulfill yourself. It, it can be a big leap. I'm sure a lot of people like were shaking their heads at this choice that you were telling them you're about to make. Yeah, it was interesting. Um, I, I did actually have some people in my life that questioned it. They're like, well, why would you do that? You have a business background. And, um, you know, it wasn't the first time I was questioned because even when I went to university um, as an 18 year old, I had friends at the same time that were going to college and they were actually, frankly, upset, upset enough that they got the school counselor involved because they didn't, they weren't comfortable with me going to university. And so um, not the same situation, but a very similar situation where I had a friend questioning my decision to go back to school to completely switch realms because for her, that wasn't something that would work in her mind. Um, but my family and stuff, I had to say my family was very supportive, which I was very fortunate for. Um, I didn't get to, too many questions. And um, I had also people in my life that um, other friends that were very supportive and encouraged me through. So I was very thankful for that. Um, but yes, it certainly could have been one that was questioned. Yeah. And I appreciate you brought that up too, because a lot of times when people are looking for solutions for their own health or advocating for their mental well-being, you know, I'm not happy with where I am. I want better for myself. Some people say, why rock the boat? You know, this is what you get. Life is hard. You know, why do you think you're entitled to happiness? Whatever. There's all kinds of limiting little shades people try to impose. And I think Number one, we really need to be our own best advocate. But number two, the more we can surround ourselves or tune into the people who are lifting us up, right? As opposed mm -hmm. to trying to, and again, air quotes, look out for our best interests to protect us from failure or disappointment by limiting us. I love that we can find these little shining stars of people who say, yeah, you go for that. You would be great Absolutely. at that. 100%, <laughs> 100%, yeah. So one of the things that you, um, you really tuned into or you bring to your patient's awareness is this healing power called VS. And I'd love for you to explore that with us a little bit. Share this yeah. if this is something that um, folks haven't heard of yet. Yeah. So the VS is something particular to naturopathic medicine um, and homeopathy. When I speak, speak to it from the naturopathic point of view, and it's based on the idea that the body has its own ability to heal, which I think is just brilliant. And if we can support it with the appropriate tools, the body will find its natural rhythm and balance. Um, a lot of things, uh, we have lots of tools in the toolbox for naturopathic medicine, but some of the um, modalities that are really on that kind of what we call the vitalist approach. Um, so naturopathic doctors kind of have two avenues, the vitalist, which is, um, you know, activating the beast and supporting the beast. And then um, what you might call the green allopath. So a different, slightly different perspective, same training, different perspective, but the beast is supported oftentimes by botanicals. So your herbal medicine, herbal tinctures, etc., and then homeopathy and much of much of that stuff is, um, you know, food is medicine. So we could very simply say, eat a walnut, it's good for your brain. But there's actually lots of research that says walnuts are good for your brain because of the fats. 
but we can take that same analogy and apply that principle to other herbs and um, homeopathy to get that beast going just to allow the body to like stimulate and heal, which I think is just amazing because it takes out on some level, it takes out the guesswork. If you can find the right remedies to support the beast, the body knows your body knows, <laughs> which I just think is awesome. It's like, how empowering is that? And inspiring. It's like my body knows the answer. So let's activate it. Yes, it is. It's, it's really extraordinary. And I, and I tell uh, the folks that I work with pretty regularly, they have to listen to me say this, our bodies are highly improbable and miraculous beings in the way that we want to come back to balance. Our bodies want to heal themselves. If we get out of our own way, they're amazing at what they can do to bring us back to health and to vitality. And one thing, um, as, as we're talking through the course of our conversation here, I want to clarify because I find it really interesting. And I even see it through some well-established naturopathic doctors, or at least the people who are writing their blog articles. And um, so we talk about homeopathy and I practice homeopathy and it is one modality of holistic medicine. Homeopathy is holistic, but not all holistic treatments are homeopathic. And some people try to use those interchangeably. So that's just something I'll, I'll take this opportunity to, to try to clarify. Um, because there are so many different types. As you said, naturopathic doctors have a really diverse toolkit that they can bring to the table, which I think is so exciting because, um, as you say too, um, green allopaths, you know, might be, you know, so uh, many people are, are somewhat aware, you know, aspirin is developed from um, properties of willow bark. So a green allopath may say for your headache or your pain, drink some willow bark tea without getting to the root of what is going on, the cause of the pain or your particular constitution or type. And whereas a vitalist is going to take more time and look at the total picture and say, what has moved you out of balance? What's going to move you back towards balance or get your body out of its own way, right? So it can support its own healing property. So that's why I love the first time we talked when you started um, sharing your passion for this picture of the whole body, the whole being on every energetic level. Um, I think this is something that not a lot of people talk about. There are a lot more naturopathic doctors in the space, but not a lot of them really dive into what it means to do this dance or get this deeper understanding of what this vitalism aspect is to our bodies and our health. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so as you were studying in Bastyr, which is a phenomenal um, medical training program for naturopathic doctors, um, was it something that was kind of presented side by side in classes or could you see the people you were studying with kind of choosing one track or the other? Yeah, you absolutely could see. Um, I mean, we all had the same curriculum. So I just want to be clear about that. And all of the schools um, have most of the same curriculum in, in terms of basic stuff. But yes, you could see right away in class um, which avenue people were choosing um, you know, the, the pro homeo pass, you know, or the no way that stuff doesn't work. Um, it, it became pretty obvious. And um, yeah, I mean, it, it's interesting, right? Like, one of the things that that I'll tell my patients or even my colleagues, I'll be like, 
I'm skeptical right up front. I don't know if it's going to, I don't know in myself if it's going to work, but let's give it a shot. And I, I've experimented on myself with multiple different things and I've had some pretty interesting results. Um, one of them, my, my dear friend witnessed, um, cause I, I didn't actually think the homeopathic remedy worked that fast. And it was like, Oh, that worked very fast. Um, <laughs> and I don't know that I could repeat the, the response my body had. It was pretty intense. Um, but yes, to your point, um, you can sort of start to see the realms, um, where people go and if, if they're sort of straddling two different or if it's one. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and I love that you mentioned too, um, that curiosity of, you know, we'll, we'll see, will this work? Maybe it will, maybe it won't. Um, when people have tried to apply um, scientific study to homeopathy, it is difficult because there is that aspect of the type for the person, right? There's a lot more to matching a remedy for a situation than simply for a headache, take this remedy. For hay fever, allergies, take this remedy. And so it's hard to fit, fit, fit that into um, clinical studies. And a lot of people, because it is kind of a, a perplexing um, type of therapy. So it's been used for several hundred years. And basically there's an inverse principle as the natural component, the ingredient is dilute and energetically potentized. It becomes stronger. Logically, that doesn't make sense. So a lot of people try to say, this is a placebo to which I say, okay, but it's the cheapest and safest placebo you're ever going to find. And a lot of basic remedies you can find in your health food store. So if it's a placebo, that's taking care of my allergies, sign me up. I'll prefer that over the Flonase <laughs> yes. speaking to my own personal experience, but there's complexity to it. And that's why I love finding practitioners like Dr. Candace who understand the nuances of homeopathy, because there is a lot to it, to really lining up the right remedy for the situation and the person it's going to be different. So. Absolutely. It's actually very complicated. I mean, I would say in some, in some cases or probably a lot, um, it takes a lot more effort, a lot more study, a lot more understanding of those nuances that you're speaking about, Susie, because it's not just a nuance on the physical, um, the homeopathic remedies actually very specifically address mental, emotional and the body symptoms. And some of the, um, if you want to call them characters of the homeopathic are several pages long. So yes. it's not like, oh, I have a headache. And like you said, you know, take aspirin or Tylenol. It's like, well, how does your headache present? Does it come before your period or after your period? Is on the right side or the left side? So then it starts to get very involved. But but to your point, if you have the right remedy, boom, it works. It's like magic. <laughs> it is. It is. And some things can't be explained. So yes, I'm call, call that. Me, call me a fan of magic. When it works, I will come back for more. <laughs> Yeah. So in your practice and supporting your patients, now you have more diverse, as we said, tools than um, homeopathy. What are some of the ways in which you support your patients in um, helping themselves balance their busy lifestyles? What are things that you see and, and what are some common recommendations? Understanding, of course, and, you know, always safe to offer this disclosure, 
everything is unique. Nothing that we're sharing is shared in any kind of way of diagnosing or prescribing. Um, but in general, some supportive recommendations may be. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's fine. Um, one of the most common ones I will give, I would say almost every day is to move the cell phone at least six feet from the head at night and or put it in airplane mode if possible. Um, Cause those cell phones, because they're on Wi-Fi, receive data and um, the brain tries to interpret it. And very simply, the brain is not a computer. So most individuals will find they feel better, but then they also need to look at the surrounding environment. So is there a modem nearby or other um, large appliances that might be plugged in on the other side of the wall um, to kind of take a look at those things and, and, and make modifications as needed. Um, the other thing I am asking patients about is to get enough water, pure water. Coffee does not count as water. Black tea does not count as water because um, those are, are dehydrating for the body. So, um, you know, considerations of pure, clean water to get in the system because the body actually does process, process that differently. If for some reason, um, I do hear this sometimes, so I'm going to address it, but if if your body's not processing the water, talk to your doctor because it just means there's probably an electrolyte imbalance on the cellular level, not the blood level, but cellular level. And you just need some tweaking and the body will be more receptive to it. Um, I do talk a lot about breakfast, <laughs> um, mostly because, and I'll just caveat this, a lot of my patients get tired between one to three in the afternoon. And that there's a couple of reasons for that. But one of the reasons that I find very common is that they're having a carbohydrate breakfast and not a breakfast with protein. And so you can experiment with this. I always tell my patients, please go home and experiment. I don't, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, try having a couple of days of carbohydrates for breakfast. So toast and fruit or yogurt and fruit, see how you feel. And then try a few days where you have protein for breakfast and see if that afternoon slump either isn't there or that it's diminished in its intensity. Um, and then of course, like basics, like getting outside, getting some sunshine, um, getting some exercise that could just be walking or yoga, or it could be something more vigorous. So those are kind of like general things that I'm talking about for balance because, um, you know, they're foundational pieces. They don't seem like they're important, but they're foundational. Cause if you're looking at multiple different programs, as people probably do, those are foundational things in all the programs. And I can tell you having not had time or in my mind, not having time to do them as a medical student and then re-implementing them after I got out, I felt better. I have more sustained energy, more focus, that type of thing. Um, and then sometimes um, from time to time, I will address um, mental, emotional aspects, but that depends on the person because that can also be very draining for some people. So I might, I might touch on that for, for some individuals. And at, at, at a point at which in their healing process that they're fortified in other aspects. So they might be more resilient to digging into Absolutely. those mental, emotional aspects. Yeah. Yeah. And that's really important, important to get the foundational aspect there. And, and sometimes it's, it's some of the lifestyle change things I've talked about. And sometimes it's making sure the nutrition's there. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And that's always so personalized too. So that's why the beauty in working with a practitioner who can reflect back or observe your process and mm -hmm. progress and see how you're yeah. doing. So 
on the other side of that, um, or perhaps, you know, just in what you see and hear in conversations with your patients, what are some common ways that you find people kind of sabotaging themselves or undermining their own health? And maybe they think they're doing something beneficial when they're not. Yeah, um, I would say one of the most common things um, is to push through feeling, push through the feeling of being tired. Um, and, and trying to like, still keep up with the full-time work schedule and keep up with the kids and, and husband and, and that type of stuff. Um, I would say in most cases, when someone's dealing with fatigue, that prolongs them getting better. So instead of getting better in, you know, maybe three to six months, they might prolong that potentially, you know, 12 to 18 months. Um, other ways to self-sabotage is not consistently taking, um, the recommended supplements. <laughs> uh, and I, and I, and I know very well, it's a habitual change for some individuals and, you know, sometimes they're recommended things and they might not see the benefit right away, or maybe the benefits a bit more subtle, like a multivitamin, but when you take it, it it's kind of like this, you don't know. I mean, some people say the dirty water analogy, like, how do you know what good feels like if you haven't really felt good? Um, you know, so it's sort of working through some of those things and, and being persistent. So, you know, if you need to talk to your doctor to get a cheerlead and a raha, um, do that because that will help move through so that you actually, so the person can actually know what feeling better is. Um, but I think some of those old, you know, to your point about, um, what self-sabotage, some of those old thought patterns. Or um, sometimes individuals will struggle if they're doing dietary changes and perhaps the whole household isn't doing dietary changes. That can be challenging. Um, so, you know, so I'll encourage people to kind of try and change over the whole household so it's not a challenge. So to remove those things that might might be a challenge so, and, or tempting for that matter. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that can be a trick. And that's something that I see in my own experience. I don't have children, but just between myself and my husband, the way that I choose to eat versus the way that he prefers to eat, we tend to sign up, we tend to kind of come to, you know, head to head now and then. And so creativity counts. <laughs> Absolutely. Prepared certainly counts, you know, um, trying to have options already available to, to counteract my carnivorous husband. I'm a farm girl. I, I you know, I don't eat a strictly plant-based diet diet, but I know the benefits of eating a primarily plant-based diet. I mean, they're extraordinary. So always mm -hmm. in pursuit of balance. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Terrific. And, um, so what, how do you, um, encourage your patients to build habits or practices to lead them to resilience? Because we've talked about some basic health support uh, factors that are really important. And I'm really glad that you led with the um, electromagnetic frequency impact. There's so many things in conversation right now that it's, it seems mm -hmm. to be all one or all the other, right? All EMFs are bad and we're doomed or it's complete baloney and we don't need to pay any attention to it. And the way that I try to point out to people is, you know, if you've been recovering, if your health has been compromised, if you have other immune issues, you're much more likely to be sensitive to the impact of the electric, electrical fields in our homes and environments. Mm 
-hmm. you know, so maybe not everyone feels the impact, but if you have inexplicable migraines, it could be worth trying to clean up the energy hygiene in your home. Yeah. And so a lot of these health practices do support our resilience, but are there other suggestions that you have when people come in and they just feel like, you know, it's, it's hard to be bubble wrapped in the world that we're in, especially in the time that we're in coming a year and a half after pandemic. And there's been so mm-hmm. many false starts in getting back to normal. Um, are there any tips or recommendations or is this another kind of more specific or case by case? No, no, I would say um, one of the best things people can do is to set up a routine. Um, the body likes routine plain and simple. Um, you know, like as much as I love talking about the beast and the intelligence of the body, there's still an aspect of the body, um, that's animalistic at the very core. And anyone out there who's listening, who has pets, you know, very well, your pets will tell you when they're hungry, (laughs) um, or they'll come by and remind you because you got busy doing something and the body from that point of view, also likes routine, whatever, whatever routine you set up. So sleep habits, um, dietary habits, exercise habits, etc. So that's one thing. The other thing I would say in terms of resilience is having simple ways to cleanse or detoxify the, your environment and your body. Um, I'm just learning, I've sort of come back and forth between looking at breath work. Um, But one of the ones that's very simple to do, it takes less than five minutes to do it three times is Kala Kala, Kala Bhati breathing. It's a type of yogic breathing, but it's diaphragmatic. But what ends up happening in that type of breathing is that it moves everything through the body. So one of the issues that people have with resilience is there's stagnation. And things can't like move in, they can't move out, um, especially when we're talking about regular bowel movements, etc. Um, so that breathing actually helps to move things. And as it's helping to move, it internally cleanses, which is super like, you know what, you don't have to go get like, I love acupuncture, I love all the acupuncture, so you don't have to go get that you can do breathing at home. And I think some of that resilience piece is bringing back that self empowerment. Um, the other thing I would say is to be cognizant of like, what are you bringing home during the day? What did you bring home from work? What did you bring home from the mall or the grocery store? And just visually kind of doing a sweep through the system and cleansing. Cause you don't want to have what I like to call the energetic backpack. <laughs> it's not your responsibility to take all that stuff with you. Um, so that helps support resiliency because if, if you don't clean that stuff out, then guess what? You're cleaning it yourself. Um, so I know it might sound a little bit, you know, strange or different or uncommon, but if you implement some of those practices, you will see very quickly within a week or less that the, like actually feeling better and that the resilience starts to come up. Cause I've actually been experimenting with that breath I told you about, cause sometimes I'll, I'll feel a little bit tired and I'm like, okay, what am I going to do today? <laughs> Um, and I'll try that. And I'm like, Oh, I had, I had energy all day. This is amazing. Um, you know, or the other one that I love to do as far as energy is, um, bridge supported bridge or bridge, um, in yoga, 
very good for energy because it's bringing flow to the heart and the brain. So those are some things that very easy to implement. They don't take a lot of time. That's one of the things people ask, like, how much time is this going to take? I don't want to exercise for three hours a day. Very simple things that bring a lot, a lot to like the daily, the daily activities. Yes. And I feel like people, you know, when we start to talk about mindfulness, meditation, breath work, they're like, I am already too busy. I can't, <laughs> I'm full. I'm up to here. Um, <laughs> yeah. And lately I too, I've been working with a breathwork practitioner and it is powerful. And we tend to think, well, I've been breathing since I was born. Like how hard (laughs) is it? Um, And as you know, in my work as a body worker, as I've been building my coaching practice, I know, I mean, there's a lot of tension that comes from sitting at the desk, right? All this arms forward posture, just about everything we do in life has our arms forward and puts a lot of strain on our neck and the back of our shoulders. But when we're stressed out, we're breathing using these scaling muscles, we're lifting our rib rib cage as opposed to dropping our diaphragm. And we're not using our full potential. So I love how clearly you shared with us the power of detoxification that comes from breath. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so funny, you know, people will sign up for a seven day, a 30 day cleanse, but not pay attention to what we're putting into our bodies what other methods we have to help our bodies detoxify, like getting quality sleep and really taking advantage of our breath. It can be that simple. Yes. You can do a juice cleanse if you want. It has its place and (laughs) we don't have to go that, you know, kind of commitment to see benefits. So I love that you talked about the power of breath. That's definitely something I've been really enjoying too, in, in the last year and juggling lots of things and wearing lots of different hats. It really helps mm-hmm. me find an opportunity to come back to center and feel restored. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. hundred percent. Terrific. And, and I think too, I, the, um, as you pointed out, you know, we like variety, we like different things, but that consistency is also very powerful. And, um, early on, you know, when people started working from home, I saw numbers about how many more hours per day people were working on their computer and a lot of our other habits fell away. And I've talked with people who, for them, their commute was a really powerful opportunity for them to step out of work and get into that mindset of coming home, being present for their family. And when you lose that 30 minutes, maybe a little bit less, maybe a lot more, then where are we taking that opportunity for ourselves to, I like that picture of the energetic backpack. I think that's an easy one for people to kind of picture because we do all that stuff we've been picking up and moving through the course of the day, the frustration about the email inbox, you know, how that phone call went. We just keep on chucking things in and not paying attention to what we're being weighted down by. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, absolutely. The more we can make these healthy and supportive practices habit, then the less kind of energy we have to bring to it. It becomes easier to integrate and it all starts with putting our, our well-being first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sure does. Radical, I know, but it's part of what I'm trying to bring to the world. Start here. And I, yes. I, and I love that. I love that because I, I just feel like, like you pointed out the well-being, the health it's really the center of what everything else blossoms from. Yeah, that's beautiful. So share with us um, 
how people can work with you. So you're located in Canada. So you are seeing some patients there, but you're also developing other things to support people. So I'm so excited about what's coming available. Yeah. yeah. So I'm just in the process of creating a program online program um, that works with individuals who feel tired. Um, so that will be a six to eight week program. I'm just finalizing the details. So that's one way to work with me. Um, in that program, you will have some one-on-one -on -one time and then some group time, which I will be present physically and in person. Um, another way would be one-on-one -on -one consults. So that would be another way that individuals could work with me or, um, I do Facebook lives now Wednesday morning at 9am. So anyone's welcome to hop on there. It's within my page, um, Dr. Candace comma ND on Facebook. So anyone can join uh, and you're, you're very welcome to put in comments and questions in the chat, which I will answer either that day or shortly after. So this month in September, the topic is gut health. So I will be addressing um, four different areas there. I can talk a lot about this. <laughs> As I'm sure many doctors and practitioners can, but um, I do find it's a foundation for a lot of things. And then each month after that, we'll have a different theme. So those are some of the ways that, that we can work together. Mm, I love that. We'll have these links in the show notes for your Facebook page. So folks can join you for these opportunities to get fresh information every week. It just helps to bring these ideas front of mind, especially if it's something you've maybe heard a little bit about and you want to go a little bit deeper. Um, right now, while we're all focusing on supporting our immunity is a terrific time to tune into the health of our gut. <laughs> yes. And um, actually on that note, you just reminded me, I just created a guide called um, Longevity. Um, which actually talks about lung health and how that is also very important in this whole, um, you know, supporting our inner defense system, as we might call it, <laughs> and how it's all connected also with detoxification, because lungs are one of those detox organs. But um, so that will be available shortly as well. Terrific. So we've got lots of resources we can point people to. Um, the website will be a great location to know about the program, when it's coming up available next, and um, take advantage of these opportunities. I love what you're putting together. Is there anything else that we haven't had a chance to dive into? We've covered, a, we've had a pretty free ranging conversation <laughs> to this point. Thanks for being along with me for the ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is great. Um, Oh, geez. That's a very broad question, which um, <laughs> might, might require a future conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there's, I think there's lots of things, um, you know, to support your vision, Susie, there's lots of things in terms of well-being that, um, you know, we certainly could support and create resilience around. Um, one of the things, and this is kind of why I say it may be a future conversation, but is around the mental emotional health um again um I, I am aware that it may not might be a little bit sensitive area for individuals to talk to but i do find that it's an underlying thing sometimes oftentimes actually and so when we can work to clear those and i was just telling susie i was so excited i took a course this weekend and um there are remedies very simple to use that helps to start clear those patterns, which is just beautiful because it's, you know, sometimes 
certain things are difficult to talk about, or we might not want to, or might not know how to, I, I find that's a big one. And it's like some of these remedies can start to help to move things mm -hmm. and stuff starts to shift and it's not so hard. So yeah, that's, um, just to kind of touch on that, but I, I just want to give people hope. It doesn't have to be hard. Um, and I know lots of us like Susie, um, have, have gone through transition and more than happy to help, um, others and support others in their transitions. Mm, that's really beautiful. Thank you for bringing that up as well. It's just one of the reasons why, as I studied homeopathy, I just absolutely fell in love with it because it works on so many different levels. And as you said at the beginning, our body wants to be in balance. Our body wants to be vital and healthy and well. And other things, um, situations, experiences, emotions that we haven't given the opportunity to resolve can start to obstruct that, to hold us back. And not even within our own personal experience, but we know through epigenetics, the generational impact of trauma and the need for healing can still be addressed within ourselves. And so, you know, maybe people feel like, well, I don't know why I'm so affected. My life hasn't been that hard. Look at so-and-so. Um, there's always more to the story. There's so many layers that we can work through. Um, so that's really beautiful. Thank you for bringing that up because we're paying more attention now. We're certainly yeah. seeing more examples of people who are struggling emotionally and mentally. Um, and there are so many different options available beyond standard Western medical treatment. So if something doesn't resonate, if something doesn't feel aligned with you, consider that there are many more options. I also love flower essences, another beautiful energetic modality. Yep, Dr. Candace is a fan <laughs> too. Um, you know, and it, it just, it, it brings us back into balance. And so rather than, you know, playing with some heavy hitters and really throwing some levers and switches, when we start off at that subtle opportunity to bring balance, it's pretty profound what our body says. Oh, thank you. Yes, let's go. Thanks for bringing me. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, beautiful. I'm so glad you joined me today. I hope that our audience takes advantage of the opportunity to connect with you through Facebook. It's really social media can be a bit of a rabbit hole, but when you go in with mindfulness and you say, I'm here to learn about something, I'm here to seek out the positive, um, you know, tune into Dr. Candace's weekly sessions. That's a terrific opportunity. Check out her website, stay connected. I know brilliant things are coming down the line. So thank you for joining me today. Yes. Thank you so much. This is a ton of fun. And um, yeah, this, this is just super. And I'm, I'm glad you have such a beautiful mission. Thank you. I look forward to our <laughs> next conversation. Yes. <laughs> oh, super. Take good care of yourself. Thank you. You as well. Thank you for tuning in today. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. And if you found value in today's episode, make sure you subscribe to catch the next one and leave a review to help fellow pod surfers find Happified. Until next time, keep on shining.